Wow, what a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of AMRAs and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of blockbuster video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom and pop video store killer, the corporate big choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars who are in the know arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Talkbuster podcast. As always, this is your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. Before getting into our very, very, very special guest for the day, I wanted to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, QK Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price in collaborating online, and my newest patron, Sean Zoltek. Thank all of you, particularly during these ridiculous times for um, being interested in helping me continue doing this. So I really appreciate it. Today's show, because it is a very special show, is brought to you by the Blockbuster Video in Bend, Oregon, the last one on the planet. Still going strong despite this virus trying to take all of us out, including them. Um, And that brings me to my very special guest. Once again, I am joined by Sandy Harding the general manager of the last blockbuster in Bend, Oregon, Sandy. Say hello, everybody. <laughs> hello, Chris and everybody. Um, so, Sandy, you were telling me before we started this, you're actually in your car on your way to Target to pick up movies, which is really cool. I am. I'm, you know, it's a it's a busy life that I live. Uh, but yes, our... Uh, our own loan distributor for movies um, that we had left actually is going out of business because of this whole coronavirus thing. They were actually paring down already. And then with, um, you know, with all of this chaos that's going on around the country, um, they're just not going to survive uh, that with this portion of their business. So they're shutting it down. So that leads me to having to buy all of our movies now every week. Um, so I was brow- bright and early yesterday buying things and today i'm finishing up the last little bit that's that's awesome it's it's crazy it's not awesome that they're closing but it's awesome that you're still able to keep going and and find places to buy the movies i always find it funny um talking to you about you know blockbuster it's so different from when i was there of course because you're the lone one now it being you know back to being a mom and pop you know, in the in the trenches, you know, just driving around looking for movies to fill up the walls. So instead of, you know, the targets and the Walmarts and everybody being the kind of the enemy 
terms of video sales. It's they're, they're the places that are supporting you and helping you stay in business, which I think is really cool how that uh, that full circle turnaround. Um, no, absolutely. And, and they're kind of my saving grace at the moment. So, you know, it I appreciate it. They they're great. When I walk in the door, they all know who I am. They know that I I come in and, and get what I need and don't buy more than I than I have to from any one location. So that way they have some for their customers, which they appreciate and uh, gets their their numbers up so they get more product in their store. That's what one of my um, fellow uh, cashiers told me um, when I was at the, uh, I won't say which store it was, but he goes, no, come in, buy as many as you want. It gets my numbers up. I get more movies in. So it was really great. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, they're again, they're saying my saving grace at the moment. That's wild. So l- last we talked, it was, you know, in a, in a much more, um, upbeat forward looking world uh, b- before the current mess that we're stuck in the middle of so everybody knows this is may 7th may 6th may 7th right yeah it's the same yep yeah wednesday <laughs> um just so you know when we're recording this but um you uh you guys have managed to be able to stay afloat um during all this so i you know obviously i want to keep this on the positive side we don't have to go into you know the world has enough negative in it but i mean when this all started like how how was the progression of how it affected you guys as a store? I, you know, I, I know around here, you know, obviously it was, you could still go in places for a little bit and then you couldn't go anywhere and then places closed. But what was the, you know, kind of story of how it affected you guys? Yeah, no. Um, at first when it happened, you know, we all kind of sat back and went, okay, wow, what's going to happen? What's going on? Um, first thing I ended up doing was cutting our hours. Um, I was watching like Home Depot and, and a lot of the retailers around town were all shortening up their hours to keep their employees safe. And, and they were, um, you know, closing a couple hours early. So that was the first thing I did is I cut every, every, um, day, day on a couple of hours, um, and changed the schedule up. I had a couple of employees that reached out right away that, excuse me, have uh, family members that are compromised. And so they were like, you know, I don't feel safe being there. And I'm like, no, 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 stay home. Don't worry about it. We use up your sick time. You know, Oregon has that uh, sick pay law. And so everybody has sick time accrued. And so I was like, let's uh, go ahead and use that up and don't worry about it. Stay home. Um, And then Governor Brown put out the notification that she was going to shut down all non-essentials with limitations. So instead of just blanket shutting down like New York State did, she actually said, "Okay, these specific stores and retailers have to close. And, you know, she said movie theaters, tattoo shops, hair salons, um, you know, the local clothing stores, things like that, indoor malls, those all had to shut down. But anybody who was not on that list, which included us, could stay open if we could maintain our six feet social distancing and put in tighter restrictions to keep everyone safe. And so the first day, that was on a Monday. So Tuesday morning we opened up and I wasn't really sure um, how things were going to go. And there was, there was three or four of us in the store at the time. And, uh, you know, we still have movies to check in, make sure nobody has late movies and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, so we were doing that and I was limiting how many people were coming in and asking everybody to stay, you know, six feet apart and be safe. But the first few days, I'm sure you guys realize this too, where you're at, that no one really knew how to act. No one really knew what to do. And, and everybody was kind of still on the, well, we'll be okay, you know, not really thinking it was like super serious and, and that, I mean, realizing it was serious, but not really realizing the impact it was going to have on the country um, in the first few days. And so what I was noticing is that I would let three or four people in and, and then a family would come in and before long, everybody was converged in the same area. 
And yep. so I was like, you know, this is not going to work. I'm not going to be able to keep our maintain our social distancing. And you know, from working in a store that the aisles are only three feet apart. It's like three and a half feet. And so there's no way I could have multiple people in the same aisle and be able to maintain social distancing. So at that point, um, after talking to Ken, uh, we decided the best case scenario would be to go ahead and shut the store to the public. And so that's what we did. Um, but we were still there every single day um, doing check-ins uh, to ensure, again, that no one had late movies. And uh, you know how that goes. We didn't want to come back after however long we were closed to a lot of angry people. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I had reached out. We have 17 of our MoviePass customers uh, still that are active. And I reached out to every one of them and said, hey, every day from 12 to 4, I'm going to be here. Come down. You know, you've already prepaid for your movies. Come in. We don't have to touch anything. I'll swap out your movies for the new releases. Because, of course, I at the time, I was still getting movies in. I'm like, oh, great. I've got all these movies sitting on the shelf that aren't getting rented. And from a business aspect of it, I was, like, stressed out going, okay, you know, we're not bringing any cash in. We've got all these movies that we owe money on. What are we going to do? But on a personal oh, yeah. note. I love my employees and my customers. They're my family. And I was like, I don't want to put anybody at risk. So, I mean, the stress that I was feeling over that is not any different than any other small business in America right now or across the world for that matter. You know the economics of it, that you've got to be open to be able to survive. But the personal side of it, you're like feeling like, am I making the right decisions? You know, what, what can I do to keep my store alive, my business going? but yet not put anybody at risk. So the stress that you feel as a small business owner is tremendous right now um, across the board for all of us. Um, but anyway, so I was kind of helping the MoviePass customers. They were coming in one at a time. I wasn't necessarily letting them in full into the store. We were meeting at the front and I was switching the movies. We had the new releases across the front counter so they could see exactly what they were. Um, and we did that for a couple of, uh, probably a couple of days. We did store inventory. Oh, my lord can i tell you <laughs> we haven't done a full store inventory in probably three years yeah and we did that and uh we all of us were like i wonder how many movies are in the store and, and i guessed around 12 14 000, and ryan was like no we're gonna have like twenty five thousand movies well he was the closest we had twenty two thousand movies wow and so if you remember before corporate closed when all of us went to having the um, movie uh, artwork instead of having the old paper sleeves with the yep. blockbuster taken on the front of it. Yep. Um, we all had those wonderful labels. Those labels over the last five years have, they, they're just terrible. I mean, they've cracked, they've crumbled, the glue doesn't stick anymore. We find them all over the store. We're constantly replacing them with paper and, and scotch tape. Um, so... <laughs> 22,000 movies, probably about two or 3,000 of those wouldn't scan. So oh. it was a seven and a half hour process to do this inventory. Thank God we were closed. Um, and when we were done, every single counter and surface in the store had a stack of movies on it that had to be labels replaced. And oh. so we had, I had movie pass customers and people that just know me that were reaching out going, oh my God, I saw the movies on the counter. Are you guys closing? And I'm like, no, we tried doing inventory. And so it took us probably a good three or four days just to relabel all of those stinking movies. Um, 
But anyway, so that was, you guys understand that as ex-employees, the nightmare that that became. And not to mention having to find scanners and cords. Do you remember that from doing inventory? That oh, yeah. I'm, I'm and the cord. Like flashbacks right now. Oh, yeah. And you had to find the right combination, the right matches with the right wedge. Because if you didn't match it up perfectly, it wouldn't scan. You couldn't hear the beeps. Um, anyway. Oh, yeah, the, head, the headphones. Oh, no. So it was quite comical. And, of course, nobody that works there now besides me has ever done an inventory. So they're all like, you guys used to do this every month? And I'm yeah. like, yes, we did. I'm like, so now you understand our pain. So I don't want to hear any more complaining about the little things you have to do every day. Right. But, and if you shape um, up and scan all the Skittles. <laughs> There you go. Um, so anyway, we we had a lot of fun with that. But, um, you know, it took us three or four days. And at the end of that, I was like, okay, we've successfully had people, you know, coming in doing the movie pass. We're going to be here every day from 12 to 4 to do returns anyway. Why don't we try doing curbside service? So we went ahead and, and um, Ryan and one of his buddies painted, um, you know, uh, amateur style on the, the window, you know, curbside available from 12 to 4 every day with our phone number. And so we had people coming up and calling and we were doing curbside and that worked pretty good for a couple of weeks. And then as I was going to the grocery stores and different places, you start noticing people keeping their social distancing. I mean, now you go to a grocery store, everybody's got the one-way arrows. When you get yep. to the end of the aisle, you stop, make sure there's nobody else coming around the corner before you go out. So, I mean, people are finally used to the social distancing. Um, and at the same time that I was noticing that, Ken was calling me going, hey, what can we do? Do you think we could open up and have only like 10 people in the store at a time? And I was like, I think we could. Um, but my biggest thing was we didn't have any Clorox wipes. We didn't have any masks. We didn't have hardly any gloves left. And I'm like, uh, I can't do this if we don't have supplies. I'm like, because, you know, right now we were with the curbside. I went to Target and bought a bunch of Ziploc bags. And we were cleaning all the movies with Clorox wipes, putting them in Ziploc bags, taking them out with gloves on, and giving them to people in their cars. So everything was clean. Everything we were doing was as possibly as safe for our customers as we could and our employees. So I was like, I got to make sure I can maintain that. And so Ken got online and found us some masks. Um, you know, Ryan was down to the local cash and carry and, and buying all the gloves he could find. And, uh, and then I was scrounging for Clorox wipes. I actually um, found a, some hand sanitizer at one of our local janitorial companies um, that was able to hook me up with some hand sanitizer. And the funny, you know, you go to the bathroom and they have the little soap dispensers. Um, yep. They were like hand sanitizer dispensers. So, I mean, we were getting very creative with how we could get stuff in the store to keep everybody safe. So it took me probably about three or four days for it to come up with some alternatives on that um, to the point where we were even making our own Clorox wipes with like um, shop towels that you get, yep. like the blue shop towels and uh, like Clorox Lysol mix, not Clorox and Lysol in the same thing, but, you know, Lysol mix and Clorox mix in a different tub. And um, so we can keep everything clean. And then we spent a couple of days thoroughly cleaning from top to bottom every counter every surface in the store and uh can i tell you that store has never been this clean ever and i've told the kids we're going to maintain this cleaning even after covid is over um but anyway the store is beautifully cleaned right now we went ahead and opened back up we're making you know we put social distancing markers we have our x's everywhere arrows one-way arrows down the aisles just like the grocery stores um limited to 10 people at a time um we still have the old um blockbuster 
um, I, I know everybody's seen pictures of our store now, but we have it where you have the counter in the middle and then the two, the manager station on one side and the check-in station on the other. So you yep. have two ways in. So we made one, one way in, the other one, one way out, um, moved everything around. We all feel like hamsters now running around in a little cage because you have to you know, do a circle when you go in and out. But, um, but anyway, we did everything we could. We started opening back up. We're only open 11 to 6 every day. I'm hoping um, by the 15th, we can start maybe being open till seven or eight. Um, and we're just, you know, going slowly at it. And, and I'm okay with that. We're about 50% of what we would typically do in a day, um, which isn't great. We can't sustain that forever, but uh, I was okay with us starting off slow. I mean, I was also worried opening the doors and having the floodgates just go crazy and then everybody wouldn't be safe. So I was very glad that everybody kind of took it slow. Everybody's coming in, but it's, uh, you know, it's a much safer environment for everyone. No, I, I agree. I think this is the the best case scenario when you think about the the world, especially in the corporate stores. I can't imagine how Blockbuster as a company would have handled this because, like you said, even on days when we had to close to the public because of snow emergencies or whatever else they'd still have at least an employee that could make an income into checking the tapes, right? Because right. You, know, you don't, you don't want to have to be giving, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of late fee credits. Right. Um, but yeah, I just, I can't imagine what, um, what the business is a big, like 9,000 store entity would have done during this. Right. Because no, and- with all the States having different rules, you know, it, it just would have yeah. been crazy. Well, I'm coming from the aspect of having an essential business with Ken and Debbie owning the UPS store, you know, down the road as well. Right. Having that essential business and watching what's happening there, you know, with the social distancing and, um, you know, and, and each one of those franchise owners, including us, we're trying, you know, getting supplies. I think that's the biggest issue is, you know, imagine, I mean, and the UPS stores have, I think, four or 5,000 stores. So Blockbuster had twice as many. And each one of us at the UPS stores are struggling to get those essential things that we need to keep the stores open as well. And that's an essential business. And so I could only imagine what it would have been like for 9,000 non-essential businesses trying to stay open. And, uh, and you know, and, and on a, I did talk um, to an owner of a store in Canada because they actually also got their movies from the same distributor. So when we found out at, you know, it was what, uh, I think the be like the 10th or 11th of April or something too late for us to order our main movies, you know, through somebody else. But he found out the same time I did. And he was like, what are you doing to try to get movies, um, for your store? You know, I don't know what I'm going to do up in Canada. Cause at the time he, uh, you know, Quebec was completely shut down nothing was getting shipped in or out of the city. And he's like, I don't even know how I'm going to get movies in my store. And uh, so we were kind of talking through that, but, you know, just listening to him having the same struggles that I was, and that was just one store. I could only imagine 9,000. It would have just been insane. Absolutely insane. Brandon, it makes you wonder how any of them are doing it, big to small, especially stores that are essential, right? Like you you want, like how is 7-Eleven handling? Yep. You know, because because again, you'll get gas stations are one thing, but you know, 7-Eleven, that's still a franchised, you know, individual owner kind of business. Like that's that's crazy. And yeah, I've seen yeah. them 
at least around here, they're, they've been stepping up since early March, right? There were plexiglass and X's in yep. those stores before anyone else, because I mean, you know, that that's a congregation of people, right? You, it's, it's hard to really control that. Um, because they're open 24 hours a day. Uh, it, 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 it's funny how you mentioned, you know, how this progressed. And, and I, I love hearing that story because I'm thinking back to, you know, late February, right around my birthday, me and my brother did a panel at PAX East, the big video game. Um, yeah. And that was the last big thing around here to be allowed to be done. Um, because Boston, like three days later, shut everything down because the hotel next to the place where PAX was is the place where the Boston area outbreak of COVID happened. It, like that was ground zero. So wow. it's like, here, here I am with, with my wife and our son walking around PAX, you know, PAX was being careful. I mean, they were cleaning every, every controller after everyone touched it and all the people working there were wearing masks. They were taking it seriously because it hadn't really hit America yet. Right. It was, there were inklings of it, but it hadn't quite gotten here and everyone was afraid. But literally three days later, everything was on lockdown. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just scary how, you know, here we are in Deschutes County and we've been fortunate enough. We have not had any deaths here. Um, I think we had one case this week, but that was the first case in like two weeks that we had had. There's nobody hospitalized right now, which is great. Um, compared, you know, here and feeling everything you guys are feeling there as far as the lockdown go, but you guys have all of those cases out there on the East coast. Oh, yeah. and, I mean, Massachusetts is not that far away from New York city. I mean, you guys oh. are pretty close over there. And I could just, I mean, we're wedged in between California and Washington. So it was just a matter of time before we were going to have them in Oregon. But we still have had, you know, a small potatoes compared to everybody else. And we've been very fortunate for that reason. But I can only imagine being where you are and how much even, you know, I was talking about the stress of knowing if you're doing the right thing as a small business owner and trying to keep your business alive and whatnot. Um, I could only imagine being in an area where, you're so much more impacted by this virus. Um, the stress level that those guys must be feeling is just horrendous at the seven 11s at the local gas stations. I mean, it's just gotta be tremendous amount of stress worrying about your family, your employees, your customers, because when this is all over, you know, if we're not keeping our customers, and our employees safe, even when this is over, nobody's going to appreciate that. I mean, you've got to do the right thing for everyone right now. It's really hard. It's wild. I, um, I don't know if I told you, I don't even know if this had been happening in my life since I talked to you last. Um, I, uh, I instruct daddy boot camp at Beverly hospital because I just fall into things. This is what happens with me. <laughs> and, um, it's a new dad class, right? Like they, you know, they all take it about a month or, you know, a couple weeks to a month before their babies come. And so the March, you know, it happens the first weekend in the month. So I am trying to get a hold of someone at the hospital because hospitals were starting to be on lockdown, but it was rolling out slow. So it's like, this class happens at the hospital. What am I supposed to do? So I ended up canceling it before I got a word from the hospital if they were going to, because I was trying not to pressure them. They obviously have more important things to deal with, but I also didn't want a father who was about to have a kid in two weeks, come to the hospital and get exposed and, you know, give it to their wife and unborn kid. And so I ended up recording the class and gave it to the hospital to give out to these dads. And we're, yeah. we're going to try to do a Zoom meeting thing for the next one, which I think will be pretty cool. But 
you know, it, the whole world has to shift the way it looks at stuff. And, you know, people might say, well, you know, it, 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 you guys are just talk, talking about a blockbuster. What the hell? It's like, you know, well, this is not, we're not talking about the blockbuster you're thinking of. We're not talking about, you know, how a multi-million dollar businessman in a tower in Dallas, Texas is getting affected by this. We're talking about, you know, the people working for the store. That's why I made this show. It's out of the love of the interaction between friends and the small business owner on a franchise store. And I mean, this to me is the most important thing. The, the human story of someone actually going through this and, and how you keep people employed, but also keep people safe. It's crazy out there, man. No, it is. And we were a little bit more fortunate than most because we were in a situation where Ken and Debbie continued to pay everyone, even when we were locked down. And, and you know, we still had everyone coming in. Um, everyone was still getting a paycheck. I had probably a handful of the employees. We have, I think, 18 employees on board, including, you know, Ken and Debbie and I and everybody that actually gets paid out of the store. And um, we were able to keep everybody on payroll. And then the kids were calling me going, okay, what can I do to help? I know you're down there every day doing check-ins. Can I come in and help? And and then they were all volunteering to come in. And, of course, Ryan was still doing all the online orders, which can I tell you that the love and support that our little store has received from everyone has just been phenomenal. And and there was one particular Monday. You know, we, we average two or three online orders a day, and we manage them ourselves. There was one um, Monday we came in. We had 45 online <laughs> orders. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was watching it on Saturday afternoon as it was just blowing up. And I kept getting pings on my, on my email, on my phone. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And Ryan had teamed up with another kid out of Texas. That's a huge fan of ours. And they had done an Instagram post that ended up getting just all of these people reaching out and wanting to help us. And, and they were all orders from $2 to, you know, $60. I mean, every, everybody was trying to help with some little amount of money. And, and I just, just loved it and thought it was just so, um, I don't know, just, I don't even know the right word. I'm, I'm kind of tongue tied right now because I know that that's not just what's happening with us. We have, you know, people are out there making masks and donating them to the hospitals. People are doing things and helping their local businesses and, and just the resolve that America has. I mean, we are a nation that just embraces small business and we have nostalgia. We, we love the things that we love and we, and we want to preserve them as long as we can. And, and it's just a testament to that um, when all those people were reaching out and, and doing those orders and it was just wonderful. And we had a lot of fun. We had quite the assembly line going in the middle of the store. Of course, since we were slow or closed, you know, we had everything everywhere all over the middle and, and, you know, banquet tables set up so we keep our six feet and then we had our little assembly line putting together orders but we um had a lot of fun doing that and and felt really good about it and knew that we were going to be able to make it when that happened like we were like okay we can make it through this and uh anyway it just helped put a smile on all of our faces and i'm sure that every other like i keep saying it i mean we're not in this alone there are so many small businesses out there that need love and support right now and as they open back up we need to get back out there you know going there and buying our trinkets and getting our haircuts and, and getting our tattoos or whatever you do, everybody's going to need that when these stores open back up. And exactly. And the stories I've been hearing too, those, those are the places that deserve to benefit from these, the stimulus checks that are going on. Yeah. Right. You know, if you, if you like, I, you know, I luckily am able to still work, 
and we're a single income household. So we got, you know, we got a big, big amount of help from that because we're, we make less than the combined household amount and we have two kids. So it's a big number. So I started reaching out to, you know, people uh, that are patrons of mine, you know what I mean? That, that sell stuff online and going, let me buy something from you. You know, there was a, there's a guy in England um, whose show I really like who fell on some hard times because the UK's whole economic um, support thing went haywire. So, you know, and, and I, you know, help bought, bought some stuff from local companies and, you know, support people like you. I mean, I've, I've got a whole, whole bunch of other stuff I want to buy from you. And for everyone, that's <laughs> blockbuster.com. Their stuff is great. I, I don't know if I told you the full story, but um, the and, and I'm going to forget the guy's actual name. I think it's Gavin Dunn was the eventual person who won the signed sweatshirt from you guys, which was super cool and super awesome. And that even had Ken, Ken, Ken Tisher's signature on it. Oh. And I signed it. And I thought that was really cool. And I shipped it to him in January and he got it two weeks ago. Oh my gosh. So what, 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 I don't know what happened. I think what ended up happening is his apartment complex returned to sender on it, but I never, I did it digitally. So it didn't like put my sender on it. So it got stuck somewhere in Georgia, but every time I kept calling, they were like, Oh yeah, no, we got it. It's all set. It's going to go back. And then COVID happened. So, you know, obviously it's not the number one priority and I didn't want to like be a jerk about it, but it was a fun story for like me to show him all these email exchanges and he finally got it and he's getting it framed and putting it on his wall. So I can't, I can't wait to see the pictures. Well, and you know, that, that's one of those things that because we have the UPS store as well, um, that can, you know, we have a team and I keep saying us because I do the bookkeeping for them, but, um, you know, because we still have. Uh, that business, I can tell you right now that they, everyone's staying home and everyone's buying things online. They are, it's like peak season. It's like Christmas right now for the post office and UPS and FedEx and everybody else out there right now, because everyone's getting everything shipped to home because nobody wants, nobody can or wants to go out, you know, and do these things right now. And so, um, yeah, the fact that it got lost is unfortunate, but I'm sure that a lot of that has to do with just the crazy amount of volume that they're doing right now so oh yeah and i'm so glad it got to its final place because i was really bummed for all i'm like that's one of a kind like of course that's that's amazing of course i could call and get another one but that's not that's you know you all signed that that, that's really special do you know what i mean and i was i was really happy that it made it to where it made it to because you know i have my photos of it and that's what i what i needed and i'm glad someone a fan gets to have that right because it's so cool yeah no absolutely i'm glad it made it to its destination um that was a fun sweatshirt getting everybody to sign and um it was uh yeah and it's even got sue on there um it's got everybody on there so it uh yeah no that's a very fun fun thing to have so cherish that for sure um wow you know, and this is, uh, we do have some positive things. I know we talked about that at the beginning of this, that so wanted to talk to about some positive things. But yeah. in addition to the movie coming out, which um, the movie, <laughs> oh, I, I'm still nervous about watching the movie only because I know that I'm in it so much that, you know, I'm one of those nervous movie watchers <clears throat> that while I'm watching movies, I'm, you know, crocheting or knitting something or I'm doing the dishes and I'm constantly up. I'm, I'm not a very good um movie watcher for that like I get the movie but I just am always up and moving around so having to watch a movie that I'm in 
oh, I don't even know what I'm going to be able to manage sitting through and watching it. Um, it's going to be quite an adventure for me. <clears throat> but uh, that's all fun. We uh, have a new billboard that just went up, and it went up yesterday that uh, I'll have to send you a picture of. But Please. it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty fun. Um, it talks about how Netflix has an algorithm, and we have a call algorithm. And it has a picture of Ryan on there with a phone. He was the only employee in the store that uh, was willing to allow his picture to go up on a big billboard. And then when he saw it, he goes, oh, my God, that's so much bigger than I thought it was going to be. Um, (laughs) But anyway, uh, and then it has our number on the bottom. It just says, uh, you know, that you can call us from anywhere and we'll help you find a movie. We'll help you, you know, pick something out that you would like. Um, You don't have to go and deal with the algorithms that Netflix and Hulu and Amazon already have. So anyway, it's a fun billboard and I'll have to send you a picture of it. Yeah, please get me that picture. I'd like to put that up with this episode because I think that is that is something that if Blockbuster had done that when we were huge, people would have groaned because it's like, oh, look at them being stuck in their old ways. And I think of that now as just being it. It it adds, like I said before, that small business like underdog thing going on right now of like, you know what? This is why we're still here, because people have that one on one human contact thing like that. You just don't get there. You just don't no. get it. No, and I mean, there is definitely, you know, um, the the things about having Netflix and whatnot. We've talked about those before, and I talk about it daily with customers. You know, there's definitely benefits of having that ability at home, especially right now with COVID and being able to flip through there and watch things. But you do miss that personal interaction that you get from coming to the store. And I did have one lady that when we reopened, the first day she comes and goes, I am so glad you're here. She goes, if I had to flip through Netflix one more time, I was going to kill myself. And I just kind of laughed. And it made me just chuckle. And I was like, well, we're glad you're here too. I was like, you know, keep your social distancing. Thanks for helping us stay safe and enjoy your movie kind of a thing. And um Anyway, it was just a lot of fun. It made me kind of chuckle to know that, yes, there's benefits of it, but people do get to their wits end of flipping through that over and over and going, oh, my God, same movies every single time. So anyway. Right. It, it, it's like it's become symbiotic now. Like they both can exist and be OK because yeah. there's some good there's some good to both sides. Like like you said, if we didn't have this home shipping and Amazon and everything. people people would lose it because there's no need no i don't want to go to a store and browse right now i want to go in and get the thing that i need and leave because i want someone else to be able to have the chance to get in and get the thing that they need too so being able to click online and just have it come to your house is more important than ever but um See, you you were saying with the movie and again for for those that this might be the first episode of this show or first time hearing you because it, it's been a bit that's that's the taylor morden and who's he is that zeke i forget yeah zeke that. zeke cam yeah. yeah zeke's awesome too uh, they're making a movie called the last blockbuster you can listen to my episode with taylor about how that came to be but i imagine the last year of it since you guys have become the last in the world he was saying just kind of completely changed the the perspective of the movie it, it kind of reminds me of um uh fever pitch do you remember fever pitch i do um so that was a big movie big big kind of movie for the whole country but around here they were filming fever pitch and the point of the movie was going to be that a guy who's a crazy boston red sox fan realizes there's more to life in that because they never win and then the year (laughs) they were filming the movie they won so they completely changed the story of the movie and to me it's kind of the same thing you know he starts making this documentary 
because it's interesting about, okay, Blockbuster is almost gone. Let me make a movie about the last few Blockbusters. And then his local Blockbuster becomes the last in the world. It's such a cool thing to happen during making a movie. And people listening, I don't know if you've got a chance to see the poster, the recent poster for this thing. But here you've got, you know, Kevin Smith. And, um, man, I'm going to bug, bugger on names, but a ton of other stars and actors yeah. and personalities they've got. And right up on top of all of them is Sandy Harding, just right on the top. I love that poster so much. I know. And that's the part that I'm like, oh, boy. You know, and my husband and I were talking about, um, you know, because during the movie premiere, uh, Zeke and Taylor have asked me to talk. And I was like, well, I kind of expected that I'm going to have to say something. I'm not going to be able to just go in there incognito and have a hat on and, you know, pull down low. Um, but Brad and I were talking. He goes, well, are you going to like do a speech or something? And I'm like, well, I don't know, but I'm not writing a speech. I'm like, if I overthink this, I'm in big trouble. I am not a celebrity. I'm not somebody who does this kind of stuff on a daily basis. I've got to go in there kind of like this, where I'm sitting in my car and I just start talking about something I love and not overthink this whole thing. And so that's kind of what makes me nervous about watching this movie that I'm in. Um, and the fact that I might sit there and actually overthink this whole process and, and, you know, do the same thing where I draw a blank, don't know what to say. So anyway, we'll see what happens, but yeah, you, haven't, so much. you haven't seen it yet, right? No, I have not. Um, wow. And, and I know that my family's in it, you know, they filmed um, some of it in my, you know, in my kitchen, in my house. And, um, you know, they went with me in the car one day, well, like this, where I was driving around buying movies and, you know, just different things like that, that they did with me, um, that I know are in the movie. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it's hard. And it's hard not to be, um, critical of yourself when you're looking at it. Um, I've really, over the last year and a half, I've definitely been like, oh, well, well, you know, you come in and you see me. I had one day that someone came in and I, um, totally had forgot they were coming. It was a local um, charity thing that I was working with and they were going to come in and interview me. And And I was so busy that morning. I totally spaced they were coming. And so I wore my I'm a Disney villain t-shirt um, <laughs> instead of my instead of my blockbuster blue uh, because I was working. I was in the back. I had my jeans on and my t-shirt. My hair was in the ponytail. And they got there and I'm like, well, this is what it is. And they put that up there and I got so many comments on how much people love that t-shirt. And I was like, well, it's a perfect shirt to wear at Blockbuster. I mean, it's a, a movie related thing, but, um, you know, I just had to deal with the fact over the last few, um, you know, last year and a half, I was gonna say a few months, but it's been longer than that. Um, of just going with the flow, just enjoying the ride because I mean, I have a pretty cool, um, story to tell and my staff and I are just trying to enjoy it as much as we can. Well, and that's, that's, I think, the most important thing is everyone I ever talk to on here, when because, again, my show in, intentionally is meant to be positive things about Blockbuster. Right. But obviously, people come in with baggage. You know, no one liked the late fees. No one liked this. No one liked the corporate thing. There's all that. But one of the things that I think everyone can agree on was that the, yeah, okay, there was corporate branding, and, and that was important. But I remember really early on at the beginning, like, you had to wear like straight khakis with shine shoes. Like that was in the employee handbook for a while. And so they definitely got more lackadaisical as it went. But what people always say is, you know, it was those times where they allowed us to do something that was personal to us. Like, like they, they tried to tell you, this is what you should tell the customer. But when you get to put your personal stamp on it, 
And so people eat that up. And I think that was a big thing they were missing is because the company was so ingrained in society and everyone knew what Blockbuster was. I think people are more accepting to seeing an employee be able to have a personal touch, like wearing a personal movie t-shirt or making up their own name on their name tag or having um, hand-drawn employee favorites cover boxes or movie reviews from the staff, you know, things like that, that they, they, they were afraid of embracing because they were afraid it messed with the branding across the company are, you know, things people eat up. And now someone's seeing uh, an interview with you wearing, you know, your cool Disney t-shirt. It's like, no, this is Sandy being Sandy, not Sandy putting on a show. And that's what we like about this store. Yeah. You know? Well, and those are the things that, you know, I remember, I don't know if we've ever talked about it before, um, but my husband worked at a blockbuster when we were first married and yep. he worked in the day when they wore khaki shirts and the chambray blue button up t- uh, you know, collared shirts. And they were so rigid, you know, had to have it tucked in with their belt and their shoes on and, and um, it was just fun watching that. And even when I first came, we were wearing the, you know, collared blue um, polo shirts. And yep. uh, we still have some of those. And, you know, those were that was the thing. And then as a franchise, you know, Ken went out and and uh, got us a T-shirt that we got approved and used the ticket and everything. And we started wearing our own blue and yellow T-shirts, which are what we have now. Um but I remember just watching that as it was so rigid. And then as the company, it was almost sad because they didn't do that soon enough. They waited until it was already in trouble when it was already going into bankruptcy. It was already already doing those things yeah. to, to allow that stuff to happen, you know, to lighten up those things. And it was really unfortunate because I think you're right. If they would allow the stores to have their own unique personality. And I know, I know from meeting so many managers, employees that have come and visited us and talked to them over the phone that many of those stores did it anyway, that many of those stores still had their own personality. But I think if they were able to, to do that and adapt those to that um, within each community, it would have been so much more um, of a healthy environment for Blockbuster. Because right. you see Family Home Video, they're still going and they're, they're a company and a corporate. I mean, I know that they've downsized, but they still have stores out there. And the fact that they're um, still doing that um, and being successful, I'm sure they have uh, less rigid things than than Blockbuster did. And I mean, I've never been to a family home video because I know it's in the Midwest, but uh, I can't imagine that they're not embracing um, some of those personal things. Well, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, your companies like Applebee's, which, again, are a big, you know, corporate entity. And, you know, it, it, it's just what it is. But every town they make one in, they... Mm-hmm make it look like a local restaurant they put you know pictures up from things that happened in the town they make you feel like even though you're somewhere where okay i like this brand i like this food i'm going to get something consistent it's what i want there's still a hometown feel to it that makes it feel less like you're being um pandered to it makes it more like you you feel like you're welcome here and i it would have been cool i mean even mcdonald's and other places like that have have embraced those kind of things Mm. over the yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I, I completely agree. Um, Blockbuster definitely missed the boat on a lot of things. So about about the movie, that, that premiere was supposed to be recently, right? Like maybe like a few days ago originally? Um, it was supposed to be on the uh, 8th. 8th, so, so two days. days. Yeah. yeah. And then they now it's in July and hopefully we'll be able to keep that um, date 
um, because I'm pretty excited about getting out there. We have so many people calling and I know I have family members that are buying tickets already and, and uh, getting excited about it. So um, hopefully that premiere will, will stay solid. Of course, I want everyone to be safe. I want the premiere to be successful. So if we need to push it back and then I'm sure it'll be a tough decision for Zeke and Taylor, but we'll do what we have to do. Um, but I'm hoping that we get to follow through. It's in July. I think it's the 15th or 16th. Taylor will tell you for sure. He'll kind of laugh knowing that I don't have it ingrained in my head, but um, I know it's coming up mid July. That's awesome. Yeah, there were a couple of times recently when, when they were finishing up that they had posted, Hey, we're going to be at the Ben store this weekend for anyone that wants to come down and be part of a movie. And I'm like, could I buy a $300 plane ticket and fly out there on Saturday? <laughs> like, I, I, was, I was contemplating it because it, it, it would just be wild to, I mean, just getting to talk to you guys is so <laughs> wild to me because uh, it, that's so funny. because both of, both of our stories happened, you know, parallel to each other, right? It's not like I went, Oh, you know, I was already in the middle of doing this silly thing when I first heard about you. So it's like, this is and same thing with Taylor, right? He moves to bend, starts shopping at a local store and then, Oh, I'm making this movie. Oh wait, they're the last one. It, it, it's amazing how coincidental all of this is. You oh, know? It is. It's, it's kind of fate. I mean, it, it has happened the way it's supposed to happen. And, um, it's just funny. And, you know, people will ask me all the time, how are you guys still there? And I'm like, oh, we're just stubborn as hell. We're just here because yep. we didn't want to give up. And a lot of it is that. A lot of it's just dumb luck that we just happen to be in the right place at the right time um, for this to happen for us. And, you know, it's uh, it's been great. And I and I have teased. And I'm like, you know, we're the last one for a reason. We don't give up easy. So, you know, this COVID thing's not going to not going to take us out. So um, hopefully that will stay true. That's that's awesome. So uh, on other positive things, you know, we've got the movie, we've got, um, you know, you guys being able to still be open and make money during, you know, an, an international crisis. But I mean, since we last talked, what, what were some other cool things that happened to, to you or with the store? I know that there have been comedy nights and things like that that were in the mix. Like what's um, I mean, Ryan's been doing some incredible stuff with your with, with your social networking and all of that. It's just you know, what are some, you know, positives or something that sticks out in your brain? Well, it was kind of fun. We, um, you know, Jimmy Kimmel um, had a little yep. blip on there about us, which was really funny. And if you haven't seen it, you should go on there because it's super funny. And it was also like incredibly positive. You know, he ended it with saying, hey, good for them. If they can make it, so can we. And that was awesome because that was, you know, all the different interviews and stuff that I've given. I'm like, you know, yeah this is great. We're the last blockbuster, but we're not really that unique to any other small business. So let's not lose that message out there that, you know, this is about all of us sticking together. And, and it was kind of fun to have him, have him say that at the end. Um, we had inside edition, come back to the store. Um, I've done a bunch of media. In fact, I, I'm doing, um, a article right now with an Argentina, Argentina, um, station, um, that they're doing like a little, I don't want to say it's a magazine article because I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I know that I'm, they're doing an article. That it's a radio station I've been on before. They're very wonderful people. It was one of my favorite um, interviews that I did live um, just because listening to their language and them speaking, uh, it's just so beautiful that I remember the translator, um, you know, would translate it, the questions back to me and I'd have to think about what she said because I was so lost in listening to them speak. Um, but anyway, doing that, um, we did a, article with um business insider not very long ago that was kind of fun and you know it's again 
the message out there uh, or the love and support that we're getting, I just, the message I want everyone to know is how much we appreciate it and how much fun this is. And, and we love, I love hearing from everyone, but especially ex Blockbuster employees. And I know that you and I are both a part of that Facebook um, group that is a bunch of old employees and, and it's really fun to go on there and listen to it and and see it and see the cool things they have that I don't. And I'm like, Hey man, (laughs) but anyway, it's a, a lot of fun to be a part of that. And, and to be a part of something that's so nostalgic and um, so much part of Amer- you know, Americana. I mean, we we definitely um, am enjoying all of it. But there's just been lots of positive things. We've had lots of people coming down visiting. I had a few people that emailed me that were traveling through. And, and I don't know if we spoke about this before, but I've definitely not kept it a secret that veterans are very close to my heart. Uh, both my brothers served in the military and, and as well as lots of family members. And Veterans are close to my heart. So I had a couple of people that reached out to me and said, hey, we're traveling through Bend. I really, I know you guys are closed. I really want to see the store. I heard that you guys were open for curbside. Is there any possibility I could see the store? And um, and so I met them down there after hours and and we all had masks on and, and kept our social distancing. And I let them come in and look at the store and, and everything. And that was something that I really was proud and happy that I was able to do that in a safe environment. I mean, me and one other person wasn't going to hurt anything to be in the store. And, and, um, I was very happy to be able to do that, but you know, we're just doing our thing. So. That that's such a great thing to be able to do. Right. And it, it, it's what it's, I think what people forget is it's all about, it's all about people helping people get through stuff like this. And when you take people, when you take people out of the equation and and forget that I like to think that people inherently, at least in a one-on-one basis are good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know that the world has a tendency to drive your brain in a different direction, but I think one-on-one, you know, p- people. And, and so to be able to say that it's like, who am I really hurting? But look at how much I'm helping this person by giving them, you know, in, uh, you know, 20 minutes in an evening full of, you know, joy and nostalgia. And I think, I think things like this pandemic remind you of that little stuff. Like it's finding, I was talking to my mother the other night, um, you know, she, we, my daughter and son get on the computer and do Skype chats with, you know, all our various family members during this. And I told her, you know, when we see each other in person, it's great. But you see each other in person enough and it becomes more commonplace. It's like, you know, we're just kind of hanging out, doing our own thing together. I said, but on something that we don't do anymore is we don't call each other as much. No. And then putting this face-to-face, like, Skype conversation, it's like I had a 15-minute conversation with my mom at the end of her talking to my daughter that was like, it was like we hadn't talked that well in years, you know? And it made yeah. me so happy. And, and I think that's making people remember this. Like you'd think you'd think during a pandemic, like art and things you're enthusiastic about in movies would be the first thing that you'd drop away in your life to be more efficient. But instead, everybody's everybody's embracing it and investing more of their time and effort into it. And I think that's so cool. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And, you know, there's definitely those things that we're missing. And, you know, my mom, um, one of her best friends just found out she um, has cancer and it's pretty far advanced. And so they're thinking that it's not going to be very long. And, and even though she lives, you know, 20 minutes away from me, I can't go over there and see her. (laughs) And that's like breaking my heart. And I, and I'm like, you know, I understand it. The last thing I would ever want to do is 
you know, be infected or have come into contact with somebody and take it over to her not knowing or any of those kind of things. And, you know, you see videos of people outside of the nursing homes, you know, having birthday parties with their grandparents and those things. And that's all stuff that that we miss, that we need. We need that personal contact connection. And I think we take advantage or not advantage. We take, um, I can't, I just lost my word, but thank you. Take for granted um, that we can do those on a day-to-day basis. And when something like this happens, we all realize that, man, I wish that I, you know, had went and seen her two months ago. Um, And anyway, you know, to throw a little, a little personal thing in there that, you know, I, I feel it. I wish that uh, I could go see my folks and, and uh, you know, they don't live very far away either, but I'm the same thing. I work in the public and I'm there every single day. I, I don't want to take, you know, I know we're doing everything we can to be safe, but I don't want to take the risk. So. No, absolutely. Sandy. And uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's getting about the end of my lunch break and I want you to no, be able to go buy your movies. Um, so I was going to say, um, I'd like to give you the opportunity as I always do. You, I mean, you've already said so many wonderful things, but, um, opportunity to, to give a shout out, say anything, any final words. Um, and just to let you know that, um, that I appreciate everything you're doing and any, any amount of time you ever give me on this show is an honor. And I can't wait to hopefully make it out to you this year. I'm hoping work finds a way to send me to the West coast so I can stop and visit because, um, I, I just, I, I think it's amazing. It's an inspiration, really. Um, the, the silly little thing, the silly little store that we all took for granted 10, 15 years ago is, uh, brings so many people so much joy. So uh, your, your chance to say anything you want, really. Well, and you are very kind, my friends. And, and I appreciate that, you know, from someone who's just an average citizen like everybody else to yep. have all this notoriety is just beyond words. I just can't even tell you how that feels on a day-to-day basis. I, I chuckle a little bit um, because it just seems um, unreal most days where I'm like, if these people only really knew that I'm sitting in the Target parking lot with my hair in a ponytail and no makeup on and getting ready to go in and try to pretend I don't belong, you know, that I, I'm incognito here. Um, but anyway, you know, if I had anything to say out there, it's just everybody needs to stay strong. Everybody needs to keep doing what they're doing. No one, you know, I keep telling everyone, be smart, don't panic. Um, you know, but most importantly, remember those small businesses in your community and really give them the amount of love and support that you're giving us because they're going to need it um, when this is all over. And we all deserve the ability to keep our small businesses open. So don't forget them. Um, give them lots of love like you have me. And uh, that will make my day. Awesome. Well, Sandy, thank you again. Um, you know, bridging the entirety of the United States here on this call from Oregon to Boston. Um, thank you so much for making it a talkbuster night or day or whatever time of day it is for you right now. What's it like 10 AM, 11 AM. Yeah, <laughs> um, thank you all for listening and please be kind rewind and um, we'll see you next time. Sounds good. Thanks Chris.